0: This episode of the Matt Report is brought to you by SearchWP, find SearchWP at searchwp.com. Let's talk about the power of their metrics add-on for a moment. Since I redesigned the Matt Report website, I put search front and center on my homepage. Why? SearchWP metrics! Metrics give me the inside data to what visitors on my site are looking for. I love the graphs and the actionable advice that it provides me. I can make informed decisions to create new content or optimize existing content that my audience is searching for. Remember when Google gave you all of that search data? Yeah, it was great back then, way back then, when they gave it to us. They don't give it to us anymore. Put on site search front and center for your visitors. Get that data back. Get SearchWP at SearchWP.com along with their metrics add on. That's SearchWP.com. Thanks for supporting the show. Save 35% off RestrictContentPro.com using MattReport at checkout. If you're looking to build a complete membership solution for WordPress, Restrict Content Pro has it all. Some of their great features like built-in Stripe integration, powerful reporting tools, and WooCommerce integration means you're making the right membership plugin choice for your client's WordPress website or your own. Get 13 of their official add-ons for free when you buy their personal plan which will have you selling access to content, sending your leads to MailChimp, and all that added support from the Liquid Web family, the team behind Restrict Content Pro. Save 35% off RestrictContentPro.com using MattReport at checkout. That's code MattReport at checkout to save 35% off at RestrictContentPro.com. Com. Thanks for supporting the show. It's easy to overlook WordPress's capability to expand in parallel with a growing online business, from starting as a simple blog to grow awareness all the way to fueling a digital e commerce engine powered by WooCommerce. There's a certain flexibility, almost a luxury, business owners have when the first brick in their foundation starts with WordPress. This flexibility doesn't come without a cost, however. Keeping the infrastructure supported and optimized over the years isn't something for the faint of heart. Even if you're technical in nature, following the decisions made by all of the code touching your site can be a costly endeavor. Today's guest, Evan Medeiros, founder of The Trade Risk, a financial media company, has seen both sides of the equation. He started blogging to grow an audience, used Paid Memberships Pro to start a membership, and now leverages WooCommerce to sell other digital downloads. We talk about this eight-year journey of how he grew the business and how WordPress has held up during that flight. Check out thetraderisk.com and send my brother a tweet to say thanks for doing the show at Evan Medeiros on Twitter. Okay, let's get into today's episode, talking to my brother. To make my legal team happy, we are a
1: financial media company and we publish research and analysis and education about the stock market. So underneath that, underneath the publishing sort of guise, we offer a handful of different services for pretty technical traders. We're not necessarily your first stop into the market. I think you'd be a little bit overwhelmed with some of the information we have if you're just starting out. But if you're a numbers person, if you're a math geek, if you like looking at technicals, we're kind of the stop for you and we have membership offerings, digital downloads and some different verticals to support traders. And the good part about what we do at the trade risk is everything's based on quantitative models, right? It's all math based and statistics based. The decisions that we use to make either buy or sell decisions or exposure in the market are all driven from quantitative models. It's not from Evan Medeiros, the guru saying, I love the story in this stock. Let's go buy this. I think it's great. I simply have an algorithm, a black box, mathematics that are supporting these decisions. And it's up for everyone to decide if that's right for them.
0: You're not taking to Reddit and saying, go buy GameStop.
1: That's right. It is. Yeah. I have lots of thoughts on that. Yeah. Lots of thoughts on that. Ultimately, it's it's good that newcomers are coming into the market. I do think that's one of the most positive things, but there are lots of probably repercussions that are unforeseen for these types of investors, which we certainly can get into if you'd wish.
0: So you're doing all this education. I mean, I know the inside baseball because I, I consulted on the site traders.com for you. You use some of the tools that we built over at Slocum many years ago. and You decided to use WordPress to create this membership, to sell products, to sell digital goods. You use a combination of WooCommerce and Paid Memberships Pro. How has your experience been with WordPress <laughs> over the last five years in comparison to how you started the company? So I'll, I'll help set the stage for you a little bit. You started the business, like every entrepreneur, you don't know where it's going to go yet. You don't know if you're going to sell anything. You don't know if anybody's going to buy from you. You don't even know how to get people to your website yet. And I'm, I'm talking like however long it's been. To where it is today, you're up and running. You're obviously successful. People are are buying products from you. How has that evolution changed for you?
1: Yeah, you're right. It started just as a blog. was pretty much, I think you and I sitting down probably at a coffee shop one day, I think I was active on Twitter and social and this was back in what, 2011, 2012. And you were like, yeah, you should probably just start this blog. Here it is. Kind of spun it up for me and off I went. And I didn't really have at that point, any ambition to sell anything, create memberships. Like that that was all after the fact for the most part, you know, the membership side is what I've had the longest. Trade Risk had started the membership as basically its first core offering way back in the day. I started as a blog in 2012. Memberships probably didn't come on until late 2013, 14, really, 2014. Paid Memberships Pro, been loyal with them throughout the past, what, seven years at this point. And I would say the ride has been mostly smooth, although as scaling as honestly, more in the recent years, these past three years, as I've ramped up either hiring contractors to have them in the website or to just beef up functionality, personalization, tracking on advertising, like all these different things have started to create little frictions of annoyances, perhaps, or just things that I need to overcome. But you know, WordPress has served me pretty well. I suppose so. I don't know what the best alternative would be at this point. So I'm pretty happy with it.
0: No, but you've toyed with like looking at, and this is kind of more recently. But you I mean you've, when I say you're not our typical guest, you have a background in software. I mean, somewhere the New England Journal of Medicine kept you in the basement because you were like the only guy that knew how to do this Java thing that they had, and so you've you've been able to you know make your way with this technology stuff, you've looked at putting together your own solutions. Is there anything that has surprised you with WordPress? We'll go both ways, like both positive and negative. Like for seven years, was there anything surprising to you? Like, you know, okay, this, this was really good. And then there's this other thing over here. that's like, man, this is the worst part about it. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're
1: right. My background, computer science, it lends itself to tinkering at times, sometimes when I shouldn't be. What I routinely fall back to of really liking about WordPress, which I'm sure everyone that listens here is well aware of, is just the open ecosystem of almost always having a solution that is already built for you. So there is very rarely a time where I am messaging you or searching on Google saying, I really need this such and such type of product for the or like solution for my site for a specific need. It's always there. And that's great. The, the open open source collaborative like i mean it's, it's awesome now obviously it's a double-edged sword so when you have all these different coders plugins everything that's just interacting with the site and the complexity and getting things to talk together and play nicely is tough at some times for instance i mean just a recent example off the top of my head i've been looking at my wordpress back at a back end and I have WooCommerce, I have a bunch of other plugins. And I think WooCommerce just went to version 5.0. And I go to click update on that plugin and I get the big warning that comes up and says, this, 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 this is not yet compatible with 5.0. So then I just kind of sit there and I'm say, I can either go search through all this documentation, I can go contact these developers of plugins that I have to find out if everything's going to be okay, because it is a production site that I don't want to be broken. That type of thing gives me hesitation. And it just gives me pause. And it gives me a slight annoyance and friction as a business owner who does not want to spend 48 hours doing a deep dive on these types of compatibility issues, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean Jason at Paid Memberships Pro, friend of the show, and I mean, of course it's it's the it's the plug-in I point to when every anyone specifically is wanting to get started in memberships and getting started for free, not because you know he's watches the show, but we've him and I have known each other for quite some time, and I think it's a fantastic plug-in. Have there been any compatibility issues that you've run into? Where you've had to turn to as like, I mean, I know you're a developer, but like you're not in the WordPress space. So as a non-WordPress developer, I and mean, be like, man, I, I, like, this is, this is tough even for me to understand. And it could be a paid memberships pro thing. It could be a WooCommerce thing. It could be the two of them talking together. And it could be part of your content yeah. marketing stuff too, which we'll talk to in a, in, a, in a minute. But have there been those things as like a non-WordPress developer? I'm like, man, even I don't want to deal with this.
1: Besides the updates. Another recent example. So paid memberships pro for the most part, seems to be pretty isolated and kind of hangs in its own court. I've gone to their support, so shout out to them. I've bugged their team over the years many times. Um, probably one of the more frequent users on their support forums, for good or bad. And they've always helped out. I've always pretty much been able to get a solution and they've helped with that. So that's been awesome. The, yeah, back to the compatibility issues though. So recently I've had a nightmare of a situation basically where everyone wants to point fingers basically at the other person. So my host. So basically the issue was 520 errors, 504 timeouts, and kind of just different errors, essentially accessing pages and a lot on the backend side, trying to create content, getting lots of errors on the website. You know, i basically start from a high level, like where, you know, let's try and look at some server logs and see if I can get some error logs. Can't really find anything. Go to contact my host, go to contact Cloudflare. There's a particular Beaver Builder, which again, mostly good uh, for me, but their pages seem to be erroring out the most. And essentially just sitting in the middle of this, kind of trying to figure out where to go. And everywhere I go to, they all point at the other person. Page Builder wants to say it's the host. The host says, well, you got bad code there. You know, developer looks at it, says, you know, maybe you should upgrade your host. Like, it's, it's just all over the place. And that sort of drives me nuts because I don't know who to go to at that point when everyone's trying to, and, and again, I don't want to take the time to do it. So that is another real situation that I right. basically just got through.
0: So, yeah. You're living the the WordPress user's dream or nightmare as it's more commonly uh, framed, right. because this is what happens. It's, it's the good and the bad of WordPress. Uh, a million plugins to do a million things, but made by a million different people, you know, all trying to, and then you have your web host. So it's like all of these things, uh, WordPress core, just really intersecting at, you know, the friction points. Uh, and as a business owner who is technically savvy, it is even for you, it's just like, man, I wish I could go to something else. Have you ever looked at something else and said, you know what? maybe I'll just switch the entire thing over to that platform. Or does it does it not exist? Does a perfect turnkey solution not exist for what you're doing? And we're about to get into what you do uh, for content marketing in the business.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I've kind of woken up in the middle of the night looking for a different solution a few times, but honestly, no. I think in a realistic situation, I don't think there's an alternative that could serve every purpose that the current WordPress infrastructure and all the different blogs, uh, I'm sorry, all the different plugins are serving me. I definitely have friends um, who, you know, have gone to like full static generated HTML. I don't even know what infrastructure they're working on right now, but they, you know, their website speed loads like that. They look at all the connections and requests and everything from my site. And they're like, Oh my God, there's so much bloat there. Like you could simplify this. So that's interesting to me. I don't want to do the work. And I don't know how easy it is to maintain something like that. And again, personalization and the the content that I produce, it, it, you know, it matters. So short answer is no, I haven't really ever thought about seriously leaving the WordPress community.
0: A little bit and talk about how WordPress served you to grow the audience. So seven years ago, you started the blog. I was probably telling you, you know, do blog posts, rank in Google, Build an email list, and those were the things that that you were doing. I think you probably struck at the right time because stock twits, which was a thing at the time, right? I mean, it was a social media Twitter replacement for traders, or I guess anybody mm-hmm. interested in the financial systems. You were able to build a presence there. You then moved over to, you know, I'm, I'm assuming while you're still building out your blogs and, and blogging every day because you were blogging like a maniac, and you, you're building out that newsletter. And then what came first? I kind of know the answer, but what came first? Was it the membership or was it your sort of all in on YouTube at that point?
1: Yeah. So that is uh, the right timeline. I would say the membership came first and the membership. And paint the picture of how long you blogged.
0: Paint the picture of how long you blogged. Yeah. And then like, like, what was the timeline on that to get to the point of, okay, I'm going to launch a membership and then you launch a membership. How long does that last? And then you say, okay, I'm going all in on YouTube. 2012, the blog
1: launches and I am posting very frequently at that time. I don't know if it's every day, but many times a week. And that was extremely consistent for basically two years. I was posting content weekly, several times a week, no offering on the website at that time and throughout that time. And I was building the StockTwits audience as well, and as well as Twitter, basically, at that same time. And in about 2014 is when I had inbound requests coming in saying, hey, look, I like the content you're posting. I like the ideas you're sharing. I just want to know more. I want it sooner. I want it quicker. I just want more of your ideas. And... I had a few of those. In fact, one of the first people that reached out to me was ex-professional football player. It was one of the, which I'll keep his name off, I guess, for now, but was was one that was really interested. And one of the first people I started to work with, actually, on an actual compensation basis. And that's when it started to actually, you know, kind of click for me where it's like, okay, there's a real business here or there's the pet- potential for a business And so my idea was at that time, probably half inspired by you was the membership side. Basically, you know, instead of trying to work with people one-on-one, which is not so scalable, let's just try and create a membership offering. And I had no idea how to price it. I had no idea how to do anything. I think I threw it out there like 20 bucks a month, which is super funny for this type of space, which is uh, more kind of just boutique, higher line, expensive area for memberships, but I had no idea at the time and there weren't a whole lot of people doing it either. So that was it. It was a $20 a month at that point, day trading membership, which I stay away from all that now, but that's what I was doing at the time, cutting my teeth, day trading stocks like a maniac while working a full-time job, writing code for Nejim. So that was kind of the, the heyday and how it started in terms of really the membership side. And then I came a lot later actually with the video. Uh, I was just on the blog hammering away typing for years before I was like, all right, it takes me a long time to write and audio was something I just felt like I could do quicker. So I think I started out with like Vimeo and I wasted probably I don't want to say it's wasted but started a year there basically on Vimeo doing videos uh yeah, you and wasted then it. you wasted uh, ended up switching over to YouTube. Yeah. I mean, nobody searches me there or I don't know. I don't think they're really known for there. I do still actually have a paid plan with Vimeo because they're good for other things. But for searchability, I didn't find too much luck with them. So the pivot came to YouTube and the YouTube pivot was, I mean, I guess it's early in nowadays time, but it felt super late to me because I don't think I started my YouTube channel till 2015, 2014. I, I don't remember exactly, but something around there. And that is when I realize like, oh okay, there's a you know real big search engine here. It's Google. Okay, this makes sense. And the videos is where I pretty much dominate my time now and probably still don't do enough videos for sure, but that is rare where basically long form SEO on YouTube and like those long form topics worked really well in terms of growing an audience, growing viewership basically. And it's good top of funnel for me right now, 2021, basically. <laughs>
0: So you have uh, roughly on the channel 774 videos I believe I just saw and it's you know it's actually the same amount of videos that I've published across five different YouTube channels. Is there anything that you've learned as a content creator? I mean you're going from you know blogging as the initial foundation all the while you're building an email list you you do the tip not I don't want to say typical route but a lot of people in your position whether it's stocks or how to build websites or how to stay healthy they start membership sites and then you go all in on YouTube did you shift gears intentionally from saying you know what I'm done with the blog it's built me up and do you remember that point where you were like okay I'm going to focus on the video because it's more interaction. It's better for searchability because it's it's also in YouTube. Do you remember that point where you're just like, okay, I'm not going to devote myself to blogging as much. And I know you're a numbers guy. So did you look at the analytics and say, if I shut blogging off, I'm going to, or not shut it off entirely, but it's a cadence that you were doing it. You're like, oh man, I'm going to drop X amount of percentage over here, but my videos are still going to bring, you know, plus 200% traffic. Yeah so
1: it was around 2017 2018 where i started to realize the the video traffic was just far outpacing the general blog SEO searchability traffic. And when I realized that in 2017, 2018, I decided I really didn't act on it as quickly as I should. But that's when I started to observe it. Certainly a lot of the videos that I produce are time based and newsworthy or they would be categorized as newsworthy. So they don't live their expiration, their shelf life's 48 hours. I mean, when I do a market analysis video, it's basically here's what's going on today, maybe tomorrow. And nobody's going to go back and listen to my videos for, you know, four months ago. Uh, that was my main core series. But I also had the long-form educational stuff I was doing along the side. The educational stuff was the evergreen. That's what was working. I noticed it in about 2018. And uh, honestly, I probably didn't actually really act on it until about 12 months after. I let those numbers kind of play out, made sure like, okay, everything was, you know, it, it was a kind of a true a trend I was looking at. I wasn't just fooled by some short-term data. And yeah, 2020 is when I moved to kind of video first. That's the idea I like to do. Now, honestly, and it's still a ton of work for my long form content, I am producing totally both pieces of content. And to some degree, they are original pieces. So even some of my long form content, I will do it video first, and then I will actually make a blog post from that video. But it's not even just a transcription. I try and build it out sometimes different. There's actually like, if you really were to look closely at my content for one particular topic, you're actually going to get a slightly different flavor of what's in the video to what's on the blog post, because I still do value both. And the blog still works. I mean, long form, long tail SEO still certainly works. You just, obviously it's, it's the work of figuring out what those terms are. So that's kind of the approach I do it now. It's exhausting to try and do long form content in both mediums. And, but you know,
0: that's, partly why I'm hiring people too. That helps. So you're stacking all the content, content's in motion. I want to talk about, there's two other things I want to talk about while we're on, while we're in this realm uh, of your timeline, the, the, the market, the market of your competitors. So not the the stock market, but the people that you compete with as a media company, as a content creator, Again like I know some of these cuz we've had these conversations and and I think everyone listening to this who's a content creator competing with you know we look at other YouTube channels we look at other blogs like how the hell did she grow that channel doing what she does or how does he rank you know on that blog that that blog looks terrible never mind the content is wrong like how did you find yeah. you know and this is something that I'm always yelling at you too like man if you just put out a a bitcoin cor- course we would be I say we we would be rich because you would be like bringing in all this traffic and be all like you know these people these 101 level people who are looking to go after this stuff. How did you f- like look at the f- competition and say I don't want to be like that day trading person who is in their garage next to a Ferrari you know though you would, wouldn't mind being in a garage next to a Ferrari. How did you make that that point sure. the, or that put that sand that line in the sand and say I'm not going to be this person, I'm going to be that person instead
1: yeah yeah i see it all the time it used to bug me a lot more to basically look across the different channels and just see the explosion in some of these channels from people that i perhaps even know uh, a little bit too i've either you know met them in real life or i i have you know some inside uh relationship with them and it's tough uh to see you know it was tough it's honestly doesn't Feel that difficult anymore. I see a lot of it. And I basically have made that decision basically saying I do not want to pander to pander might be the wrong word, but I do not want to go after that type of audience. I don't want to grow the business in that type of fashion. The, the concern I have for a lot of these people is just longevity. So I don't think by any stretch, I'm the longest person in the game doing this in my field. But I've seen a lot of people already come and go. And I see the people that are trying to make quick with intense squeeze pages and crazy promises on courses. And like we said at the beginning, the legal side of this is real. Obviously, many people do not appreciate the full uh, extent of that in terms of finance and what you can say and all that stuff. Uh, I take it super serious. There's a lot of content I just won't publish or I can't respond to people in the way that I that I can. Uh, that would really help them because again, I just don't hold those licenses and all that good stuff. It's a personal choice to not sell my soul to just make a quick buck. I do intend to be around longer. I enjoy the field, and that's kind of the moral compass decision that I've made to basically not just, you know, go after XYZ field in some in some way that I know I could I could. Put up a ton of followers, or I could, I could, I could bring a lot of traffic too. And so, yeah, I think everybody's going to kind of figure that out for themselves in terms of what they're comfortable with, and you know what that risk level is in terms of that type of content, especially in this field.
0: So you you get a lot more confident in your solution. Again, things are rocking and rolling. Memberships going up. I remember you went through. Do you remember how many iterations of the membership, like? offerings you've had over the years? Like you had price points, you had different like various degrees of, of like membership access. Do you remember what the count is on that? Is it like a dozen? Yeah, I think a dozen is probably a good number.
1: Lots, lots. I've had, you know, two and three and four and five different levels. I've had different prices. I've had combined packages. I've had kind of all over the board. And yeah, it's iterated a lot. And And You know, a couple of the things that I mean, I've learned. You also related to it, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was going to say you also had a point because I remember you. I remember talking to you about this stuff where you had a membership level that I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you were doing a lot. Like you, you had to be involved like a lot, and for the money that you were getting paid, it wasn't enough, right? And I think this is something that a lot of people who who want to truthfully and truly, if that's the right phrase, put out a membership site or put out a membership service because people want to help other people. They want to do a good job. They want to have, they want to make sure the customer gets value from this. And then the way that they, the way that they sell themselves on it as the as the membership owner is, well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll up my sleeves and do a lot of work for for the people. It doesn't always have to be like that. When did you strike a, a solid? I'm not to say that you don't provide value, but how did you like peel back and say, okay, sure. I, I Business isn't going to scale if I'm doing all this stuff myself. I need to find a way to strike that balance. Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, it's something I've worked. I mean, it's it's that is
1: one of the things I basically focus on at all times is how do I make this more efficient for me while not while not you know uh, reducing the experience or the value that the user gets on the end at the end. And so, one of the things I've tried to always do is poll and do surveys and try and you know just get a taste a sense of what people actually care about. Cause oftentimes I would very surprised at, you know, things that take me a lot of time to do people don't actually really care about. And by having that information, you can reduce those things. I've also, I mean, the back end of my membership site is pretty interesting. It's pretty slick. I have lots of tools I have created outside of WordPress that basically generate an entire page for me. So I have, you know, a lot of HTML, a lot of JavaScript, and even some language that it is almost language processing my thoughts. And I am actually running that it is based on a trading application I have. So it's actually taking the trading information I have, looking at that data, it is compiling all that information it is spitting out what I would then just paste onto the back end of my website. So I've automated in, in ways like that. And it saves me tremendous time. I can't imagine life without it. But I used to spend a ton of time, like you say, every single day putting up content for these for, for members. And yeah, it's a combination of surveying them, seeing what's important to them, and also um, trying to automate it as best you can uh, without losing the integrity of the
0: product, basically. So you have recurring members, you have a membership program now. Uh, here we are probably, I think maybe late, mid, late 2019 is when you, when I'm guessing you introduced uh, WooCommerce and this one-off digital product. How did you get to that yes. point where you said, okay, maybe memberships, maybe I can extend the, the lifetime value of a customer if I have these these digital goods, or I can at least get somebody through the door at a lower cost, at a lower dollar, and then they can be upsold into my premium membership. But how did you make that? What, what, what did you? How did you come to terms with that kind of thing?
1: Yeah. So one of the things I've done throughout the years is basically just experiment with different products and services. And there's plenty of things that I've put out over the years that I thought would be super cool, something that I use myself, put it out there. And it's totally just crickets nobody cares about it put all this effort into it and nobody cares and that's happened a lot i've had a lot of things i've attempted to kind of put out there and offer to traders that i've just pulled back and i don't offer them anymore sometimes i get people that still see old pages that i haven't fully taken down and they're like hey i want this but you know it's not available so back in 2018 in kind of that experimental phase One of the things I was doing for traders already at that time was doing a custom coding service for them. So this would be for a specific piece of trading software. It's called TC2000. It's a very niche trading software. It's where people can like, you know, track stocks, build portfolios, see how things are doing day to day. And I used to have a service where I would say, whatever your idea is, I will put it into code, right? If you're looking for something, you're looking for certain types of stocks, you're looking for certain events to happen in the stock market, Tell me what those are. I'll write it into code and you can use it on this platform. And I had that, I started that actually probably like 2017 or 2018. And it wasn't a whole lot of volume that came through on that, but there was enough where I started to realize people were asking for the same thing for the most part. People started to all want kind of the same type of work done. And so in 2018, I said, why don't I just try and use this data to build some prebuilt scans or some prebuilt indicators, the things that people are asking for. And so I basically hooked up WooCommerce on the site. And in, yeah, it was around the holiday time. I think it was 2018. That sounds right. I put a few test scans on the store, digital downloads. Basically, they're just downloading snippets of code, installing it on their TC 2000. And I was totally blown away. Like it was like a month, you know, after it. And I just remember the first few sales, you know, selling products for like 30 bucks and seeing the downloads actually come through. So A, people were actually buying, which was awesome. And then a month later, I never heard from them. Like I, I, and not in a bad way, but like there was no support. I I didn't need anything. I I, I had support videos that went with the downloads, but it was this new kind of revelation where I was like, wow, I thought memberships were the holy grail, but it really seems like digital downloads are really where it's at because if you can do it right and if you have, you know, the, the help and the support, people can download it and you serve a purpose. And that really clicked for me back
0: in 2018, basically. So rounding off the suite of products and services is you have membership, you know, recurring revenue... You have digital goods, digital products, downloads. People can buy it. There, there's also a free tier, or there's some free items that you can that you can download. There's no free membership, right? There's no free tier to the membership. No free membership. Nope. Yeah. Free so trial. you you have the membership. That's the you know probably the bulk of of revenue and bulk of business. You have the digital goods, some free goods that gets people in the door, and then you the icing on the cake, I guess, for people who are just looking at you from a fifty thousand foot view is you do an email newsletter weekly. And then you have your YouTube channel. So it's just like, here's all this free information, YouTube, email, a little bit of the blog these days. And then, hey, if you really like something you want to see what it's about, download a free digital good. And then, oh, by the way, somewhere in there, there's some plumbing that reaches out to these folks and says, hey, by the way, maybe save five bucks on your membership if you sign up with this coupon code. And that gets the whole momentum rolling. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think
1: that's pretty spot on. I think, yeah, email marketing is a big part of it. And just all the, the plumbing, like you say, is set up to have lots of automated sequences going out to subscribers, depending on how they interact with the site, depending on where they come through. That's been pretty huge. So MailChimp and email marketing, still 2021, you can't beat it, or I can't beat it. It's still like my best ROI, essentially, for making sales. So yeah, I think that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty fair
0: assessment. And you're using MailChimp, uh, yay or nay, (laughs) now that you're neck deep in it this far into the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I I think I could do better with something else. I am definitely pushing the limits. Uh, I have talked to their support, uh, their support many times. And in fact, I've taught their support on some of the ways I've gone around and hacked different automation flows that are not possible in MailChimp. And I've got some kind of weird, clever ways to do that, but they're super just awkward. And I have lots of different automation flows that are like partially activated at certain times. So I think the answer is I could definitely find somewhere else, but I don't want to invest the time. And I've built up so much, so much automation at this point. I just don't want to start all over again. So Yeah,
0: jury's out on that. I just haven't done the research on the other platforms. To finalize this interview of a content marketing master, which I feel like I should get most of the credit for because mostly my ideas and and you just went out and looked up a a guide somewhere, the podcast or a podcast. I've been telling you to get a podcast ever since I told you to invest in Amazon. When is a podcast going to happen and uh, what's it going to look like in your world?
1: I'm gonna break some news here on the Matt Report.
0: Yeah, so a podcast is
1: in the works. It has not been publicly talked about yet to my audience, but the wheels are in motion. First emails went out to guests, so come on. It is happening. It is happening hopefully within the next month or so. And yeah, it's gonna be a pretty classic kind of interview style. My hope is that it can get me off the content treadmill a little bit. Obviously, I'll still be hosting it. I'll still be talking with guests. But I'm thinking I don't know, you're the expert. So we can talk after this. But we'll see how much work it really is to kind of do that side of things versus trying to always come up with the topics. But I also think it's going to help me introduce just different topics. So experts in the field that I just don't have the time for, or it's just not my expertise uh, to have them come on a whole like new trader 101 series or a guest that can really speak to kind of the onboarding process for someone that has never touched the stock market, how to get started. Like, I think that's kind of the opportunity there. So yeah, it's coming. It's been long overdue, but certainly the time is right. And I hope to do it YouTube first to continue to leverage the YouTube existing audience,
0: basically. You can see that my brother's a lot more cautious than I am. I just like to launch shows every other weekend and just put things out there with with zero regard to what happens and how it's put together. But I'm sure it'll be great. And I'm sure I'll be answering all the questions for you and not getting paid a nickel. Maybe we get paid in some Bitcoin, <laughs> Uh, Bitcoin down $10,000 from the high I saw the other day, but remember, this is not financial advice show. I'm Mm -hmm. just looking at all my friends like Brian Krogsgaard from the post status and also ledger status, which I think he feel, which I feel he has a hell of a more, that's not the right phrase, a hell of a, a great time hosting ledger status than he does talking about WordPress. So Brian, if you're listening, I'll, I'll fill in the slot at post status for you if you, if you want, if you're giving up. <laughs> hey, it's been a great discussion yeah. of you answering all the questions I knew the answers to already. Where can folks find you to say thanks? Easiest place is Twitter. Uh, my handles, my name, Evan Medeiros,
1: or you can just head to the thetraderisk.com. Free newsletter, lots of free stuff, free articles. If you're new to the stock market, Now's the time to uh, read up on it, get
0: involved, and do it responsibly. That's the hope. Everybody else, at is matreport.com, slash subscribe to join that mailing list.